Jade Louisa. Hello, Alice. We're back. <laughs> we are back. I know we said we weren't sure if we were going to do another episode, but welcome to Team Peaks 2. Deader yeah. than a redhead in Riverdale. Um, <laughs> I'm really proud we have a title. We've and got like, a title for this episode and everything. Subheadings. So I should probably explain the title. Go. Uh, Deader than a redhead in Riverdale is something that I said when I was describing the state of swooniness I was at when I was like 68 weeks deep in Colt Sprouse's Instagram. Um, and yeah, deader than a hot redhead in Riverdale <laughs> is how I was feeling because I've fully accepted, like I've transferred my swoon feelings wholeheartedly. You've accepted your lust. I've, I've fully accepted my lust because <laughs> Jughead is the fucking cutest and these are two really good Jughead episodes. Yeah! They're such good jokes. Such good episodes, and I've just leaned into it. So this this episode, we are talking about episodes five and six, mm-hmm. which is gonna be wild. <laughs> so wild! It is just the wildest. To so give you an indication of how wild, I stopped my notes halfway through episode six because I was too overcome. Right. I just couldn't. I couldn't be coherent anymore. So episode five is called Heart of Darkness, and episode six is called Faster Pussycats Kill Kill, which is amazing. We're is continuing it, with the references. Is it three kills or one kill? Two uh, kills. I think it's two kills. Because in the film it's two kills, right? Mm. Okay, anyway. Um, anyway, we're talking about episodes five and six of Riverdale. Um, this is Teen Peaks. We are full of shit. And it's an ungodly early hour of the morning. <laughs> so I know we promised on Twitter that we were going to make Riverdale cocktails for this episode, but that's just going to have to wait because it's like 10 a.m. It's 10 a.m. And we have a strict no before 12 drinking rule. I mean, yeah. Okay, I do. Yeah, no, that's... I mean, I had a breakfast cocktail last weekend, but we're not talking about that now. <laughs> what we are talking about is Riverdale. All right. So we're going to try and keep this episode to under an hour. Please, please. We're going to try. We're going to try. But so, we're going thematically this time. We are. First title heading, Archie in a PG world, aka Post Grundy. When Veronica said that, I slightly lost my shit. It was so on the nose. And she was just like, oh, too soon? And everyone else is like, you fucking kidding me? Was statutory rape with a teacher and you're making jokes about it? And Veronica's just like... I also deeply appreciate that Veronica was sitting there chewing on popcorn. She literally had her popcorn out. How much more on the nose could you be And, you know, it was this hilarious arrangement. They're all sitting on the bleachers in perfect formation so you can see all of them at the same time. I don't know about you, but I often pose with my friends in such a formation. (laughs) Just in case you wanted to take a candid. Um... And Cheryl comes up and says, Greetings, sad breakfast club. <laughs> and invites them to Jason Blossom's funeral. Jason Blossom? <laughs> with, can I just point out, are they black envelopes? They're black envelopes black with like... Sealed with wax. Red wax seals. Which is like a really elaborately carved rose because wax seal. <laughs> the Blossoms are just the most fucking extra people on the planet. The Blossoms go hard. <laughs> We should mention this episode opens with Cheryl having a fucking creepy dream <laughs> about walking through her house in some kind of diaphanous film noir robe. Oh my god. See, holding a candelabra! <laughs> holding a candelabra! We got the genre switch you wanted. Yes, just, we did. It went gothic rather than supernatural. <laughs> this is true. We've just, I mean, I said last time that I wanted a hard swing in genre every four episodes, and I think these two are fully gothic. 
yeah. We've got we've got Cheryl with the candelabra. She walks through the Blossom Mansion and there are like four hundred candles. Four hundred candles everywhere. Um, arrives at Jason's coffin. Coffin, and he's just standing there, definitely very dead, having clawed his way out of the coffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's claw marks on the coffin, oh, and I was like, oh, uh, can we not? Yeah. And then he's there, just reaching just, out, just reaching out, very, very dead. Very very dead. Um, we have actual demon Penelope Blossom. <laughs> I appreciate that you called her that. I was like, uh, we have a contender for the throne. We have, so we've got actual lizard person Alice Cooper and actual demon Penelope Blossom facing off over these two episodes for who's the worst parent. parent. So if you have a, uh, Veronica, if you have Cheryl in her very dramatic robe, you've then got Penelope standing there, mimosa glass in hand, glaring. See, she believes in breakfast cocktails. <laughs> she believes in breakfast <laughs> We don't aspire to the level. We do not aspire, but I'm in good company. <laughs> Standing there, this cocktail in hand, glaring at her daughter in this really dramatic black robe, again embroidered with flowers because the blossoms just can't not go hard <laughs> at all moments. Oh, just, I, yeah. I told you to stop sleeping in Jason's bed. Okay. 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 <laughs> Uh, it's left very ambiguous as to whether this is something Cheryl did while Jason was alive <laughs> because creepy twins um, you do start oh, I feel so bad for Cheryl and then yeah. her mother like comes in the room and is like no you're not writing a eulogy for Jason you're not speaking at it you'll just embarrass us again and like tears this sheet of paper that Cheryl's been writing on in half and proceeds to like ball it up and throw it in her face and I'm like cool, Cheryl's having cool, so many feelings cool. and her mother is just stomping all over them in her creepy stiletto mules. Yeah. It's no wonder that she's so aggressive at school. Yeah. And she's got all these feelings to take out. Poor baby. Poor Cher So we have we have post-Grundy Archie. That's oh, where we started. That's we were meant to be talking about post-Grundy Archie. <laughs> um, we get the rise of the secondary characters over these two episodes. We and do. it's great. I love it. We start with Val. Yeah. Val is very much sort of I think the harbinger of post-Archie, Archie, post-Archie, Archie. Post-Grundy Archie. post <laughs> I would love if Archie would go post-Archie. I just, I think we need some post-Archiness because Archie's just on a different fucking show. <laughs> Archie is... Archie's blundering around. Archie is Zac Efron in High School Musical 2 oh. while everybody else is in their own psychological thriller. So through the whole of episode five, Archie's having this fucking dilemma over whether he wants to do music or sport. And, you know, he's chosen as captain of the football team, and then he hands it over to Reggie, who fucking deserves it more. Like, <laughs> Reggie may be an asshole, but he's an asshole that's committed to his brand. Reggie is my favourite asshole. Like, yeah. Ah, uh, he's so good. He's, he's just, like, got that solid kind of dick, bit of a jock, just doing his thing, doing doesn't his really thing. give a fuck, you know... He knows his place in the high school hierarchy. Right, but he's also a really good captain. Right. Because during this football, like, I have a note here that the only thing I know about American football comes from Friday Night Lights, so... Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. It's more than I know. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's more than I know. I, you, you take the ball from one end to the other. Sports ball, not my thing. Um, but even I was like, oh, Archie is not doing well here. No. But Reggie, like, comes in and is like, hey, dude, you hurt your wrist. Go sit on the sidelines. Like, who cares about this stupid competition that the coaches engineered between us for who's right. going to be team Reggie's captain? Reggie's a better captain. And just because Archie makes some fucking dramatic statement at the funeral and gives actual demon Penelope Blossom Jason's old jacket, 
and she like strokes his face and says you're so like him and it's creepy as fuck <laughs> um like that somehow makes archie a good captain no no archie's just archie's just on a different planet archie, archie is archie so is fucking clueless we get we get so much clueless archie in these two episodes and it makes me so angry but we get a really nice glimpse at Reggie. I hope we get more Reggie. I hope we get more Reggie. He seems like a bit of a sweetheart. And he, also, like, he knows his place in the high school hierarchy. Right. He's just doing his thing. He's He, he knows his level. He knows Whereas his level. Archie, like, refuses to fall into the sweet, dim, clueless friend. Right. We complained about this last, epi- uh, last episode of this podcast. Yeah. But Archie, like, I want somebody to shake him and be like, you can't have hobbies, bro. Like, yeah. just, like, it's not the end of the world. It's really not the end of the world. No. There are plenty of people that don't know what they want to do with their lives. Ugh. It's fine. You know, we're all just bumbling along, pal. Come on. Like, yeah. I did just, a pre- on. The show does lean into this. More in episode six, but in episode right. five, we get this <laughs> angst montage. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Val comes along oh. and says to him... Val is one of the pussycats. Val is... Uh, Val is a cutie. She is their songwriter, she's their keyboard player, and she is wonderful. She's a sweetheart. She is my guiding light She's also too good for Archie. Oh, so because everyone is too good for Archie. Everyone is too good but for But she seems into him, and she doesn't mind, like, putting in a bit of effort. Right. Archie's a, in his chrysalis stage, <laughs> and Val is happy to sort of nurture him a little bit. She's... Like to make him into the to make him into the sad art bro she knows he can be. She's like, yeah, okay, I'll match you. Come yeah, on. Just hold your hand I'll through all this. of your teen angst. But I'm also but she she also is very happy to be like Pal. Buddy. My guy. Come on. Let's just not. <laughs> so she comes along and says to Archie, Hey, um, I've heard that you were banging Grundy, because uh, apparently everybody knows about this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. No one gives a fuck. She's wrong. No, Grundy's no. gone. Grundy's like, it's like Grundy, not Grundy's just gone. Grundy's just, just gone. gone. We're never gonna get justice for Grundy. <sighs> That's like a hashtag justice for Grundy. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> I don't want off our wish list crossed off right yeah, there. Tragically. Uh, God damn it. So Val comes along and is like, "Hey, the teacher you were having sex with illicitly has gone. So you now don't have a music teacher. Um, how about I give you the number of this songwriting dude?" He'll help nurture you, and also will cutely flirt for a couple of moments. Yeah, and then that's really she really does become his rock. Like, she does, uh, and she tells him like it's okay to learn and like have some fucking confidence in yourself. Right, it's not a bloody crisis. You don't need an angst montage every time someone tells you you're not the best. You know, because you're never going to be the best, aren't you? <laughs> She's <laughs> like, you can't be me and the pussy cats. <sighs> Oh, yeah. No, Archie's just angst, 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 angst the whole way through these episodes. But it's, it's so annoying. Ridiculous angst. It's so petty and silly. In episode six, he is not only angsty, he is genuinely the fucking worst. <laughs> so if we're talking about Val and how great she is. Let's go. Val quits the Pussycats for Archie. Well, she quits the Pussycats because Josie is being a Because having a tantrum. Yeah. But it also is because she has seen how it works with Archie, and she's like, there's something better out there. Yeah. And so she quits the Pussycats, and this is after Veronica has 
forced Kevin to let Archie compete in the talent show, Kevin's face during this whole scene was just like, my artistic integrity is in tatters for this fucking sad boy. (laughs) Kevin is not here for his white boy bullshit. Kevin is just, it's male tears. Just so much male tears. And Kevin just has no interest in it. Kevin's like, I wish I was with Joaquin, his beautiful serpent, making out against a chain link fence. Kevin, Kevin hasn't had any action for these episodes and I'm pretty sad, but I reckon we're going to get some more serpents coming up soon. And Kevin can have cute makeouts. Oh, yeah. Makeouts for Kevin. Make Hashtag makeouts for, for Kevin. Hashtag justice for Kevin. <laughs> um, so Kevin's just like, this is bullshit. And I've had to let Archie into this fucking talent show. <laughs> and it's not fair. Veronica offers to sing with him because Veronica is a good egg. She, Veronica flits throughout these episodes from person to person being that absolute lifesaver she's there being a good egg she's there for Cheryl, she's there for Archie she's there for Josie, she's just like a giver and I love it, she's just she's really really kind she's like these poor sad attractive people, I will help you and she has a chemistry with every fucking piece of furniture (laughs) on this show, she is just like dripping chemistry it is unbelievable except for with Archie except for with Archie because Archie is basically is a black a hole piece of, of cardboard yeah. he's a black hole of charisma he's a black hole of charisma Justin Gingerlake just not <laughs> just worth it uh, t- we get the classic Ginger Judas line oh because so Veronica does all of this shit for Archie and then he's like hey good news Val quit the pussycats and now I'm singing with her and I've just entirely forgotten you and then as soon as Veronica's there and is upset, he's like, oh, have your part back. I'll ditch Val. <laughs> and Valerie's and Valerie... there, like, side-eyeing him to fuck. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and they're both just too good for him. And I... I yeah, Veronica calls him a ginger Judas, which is the only good thing to come out of this exchange because Archie's credibility is just in tatters at this point. She says to him what everybody has been thinking for episodes and episodes. She is like, you have no integrity, you have absolutely no loyalty, which is something we've seen even way back in episode one. Yeah, he's ditched Jughead for fucking Grundy. And my s- precious baby <laughs> abandoned <laughs> on the 4th of July. Not fair. <laughs> oh... Poor Jughead. Poor Veronica. I know. Everyone, basically, like, Archie's just a black hole of charisma. Living in his high school musical world. He's the worst friend. He's the worst friend. The worst friend. And I appreciate at least the show leaning into that. Like, the show acknowledges that he is the worst. He very much (laughs) The show knows that Archie is the worst. And, yeah, I mean... I mean, where I fall on it is I could... They almost tried to go for it. So, sort of, episode five, Archie is found by... A former teen heartthrob dad perry punching a bag in his room which is hilarious by the way so funny archie's not shirtless in episode six do you <gasps> notice that he didn't have any shirtless archie maybe he's got over his allergy to shirts i mean it's a struggle maybe you took some benadryl for that the talent show would have gone better if he'd done if it he'd just done it shirtless kevin would have been much more willing to let kevin kevin would have been up for it <laughs> he would have like excellent yeah. yes yep yep that's just you don't need to shush shush my child put the guitar down you don't do not open your sing. mouth just stand on stage for Can like flex for two minute? minutes and flex and we're good we're good thanks pal <laughs> You know Betty would have been here for it. 
Yes, she would. <laughs> yes, she would. Literally everyone in this show would have just ignored the fact that Archie is the worst just to look at him shirtless for a while. Reggie would have been as well. Reggie and the football it- players would have been like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so former Dean Arthur of Dad Perry finds Archie punching this bag in his room and he's clearly worried about his son in his post-Grundy life. And Betty is, like, really sweet about it. She's like, do you think that you're perhaps throwing yourself into football because you've been hurt? And then the show, like, immediately drops that storyline. Now, I will be much more forgiving of this ridiculous high school musical-esque thing that they're going on with Archibald Andrews if it turns out that he is working through, like, Some fucking trauma. But... The show doesn't see it like that, and, like, the showrunners don't seem to, because, like, interviews seem to have revealed that just the Grundy s- storyline didn't is just test dead. well, so yeah. they just got rid of it completely. And I, I kind of, I really hope they wrap these threads up. I really hope that we get more. I mean, there's a, there's a thread running through this show. Okay, we're getting serious now. There's a theme running through this show of the abuse of power. And yes. it's adults, and it's teachers, and it's coaches parents. playing people off against each other, yeah. and it's parents, and it's this real sense that these kids are butting up against the adult world, mm-hmm. and they're trying to find their place in it, and it's a struggle, and we see, like we saw in episode four, Jughead versus the mayor, and you know, he's just not taken seriously at all, and we see in this episode, we see Josie and her parents, we see former teen heartthrob dad Perry really struggling to be a good adult. Yep. We have more stuff with Hermione and Veronica that's really interesting and like the abuse of power that goes on there is really good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we brought the Grundy theme back in, we could do it from the perspective of here is a child who doesn't know what they want and who doesn't know what's good for them and it's really, really susceptible to the abuse of adults. Very much it. Because And it doesn't have to be about the creepy teacher sex. No, it can very easily be about like... Archie just doesn't know who to trust, yeah. and he doesn't know who to believe, and and it would t- it would tie really nicely into sort of Betty's growing right. absolute distrust of all these adults and everything. Exactly. It would be a really lovely way to actually acknowledge it and bring it in, and you don't have to be like, yeah, he was systematically raped by this woman. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And if the showrunners are afraid of that, then that's fair enough because it is on the CW. It is a team yeah. show, and I, I don't think that's something that we should shy away from. I think it's a really important conversation to have. Absolutely, but, but we could bring it in. Like they sort of dance around it in the scenes where Archie's praised by his football coach, and suddenly his life is football, right? And he's trashed by this music teacher that Val set him up with and suddenly music is the worst and he can't do it and you get this sense that he is just a really really vulnerable kid and he just wants people to love him and approve of him outside opinion really Really matters and we see that with the stage fright when he's doing the audition and like all he wants is someone's approval Mm. and he's really really vulnerable and if we actually dealt with that it would be a way of dealing with the Grundy storyline without having to dig through all the shit that's going on there but I just I'm yeah it's all yeah we can pick those themes out and right. can imagine them being brought in but I just think the further and further we get away I just can't see it ever happening we could be wrong I mean like, I, I honestly I don't think it is gonna happen no but I think that it's something that would work mm. and I think it's something that I'm, I'm disappointed that the showrunners seem to have been afraid of it yeah because there are ways of doing it that you know maybe would have worked and anyway it would tie him in 
almost with the murder storyline. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because we know Jason had music lessons with Brandy, and we mm. know that there's some creepy shit going on there. And, and we now know that we'll talk a little bit more about this when we go into the Jason and Polly mystery and how yeah. it's deepened. Um, but we know that Jason, at least according to Polly, was made to break up with her by right. his parents. So you have this idea of Jason being controlled and the same way. Should we talk about the blossoms? Let's talk about the blossoms. In episode five, we get a lot of blossom. And there's none in episode six. Um, which is interesting to go from such a Cheryl-focused episode to one that just doesn't have her. Doesn't at have her at she doesn't all. appear at all. There's no mention of the blossoms anywhere. I mean, they're mentioned, but they just don't appear. Yeah. So episode five focuses on Jason's funeral, and we see the actual demon blossom parents, and oh my god, Nana Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> so we were not kidding when we said it was very much sort of the rise of the secondary characters right. in these episodes. Cheryl goes from somebody who you didn't like. Yeah. I had a weird affection mm. for as the kind you of You had a greater tolerance girl. for her potential right. character growth. And coming out of episode five, I was just like, Cheryl, you poor precious baby. <laughs> let me let me nurture you. Come, 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 here, come, here. come here. Let's have a hug. <laughs> Let's have a hug and a cup of tea. And I'm going to explain to you what gaslighting is. <laughs> and we're going to get you some therapy, baby. Come on, baby girl. Yeah. And like, Cheryl, oh my God, she lives in a cult. She, okay, we'll get into this when we go into Conspiracy Corner, but 110% I believe that the Blossoms are part of a cult. Whether right. they're leaders or not, I have no idea, but cult. They have their own graveyard. They have their own graveyard. They have their own graveyard. So, the Blossom parents, her dad in the same vein, there are some interesting comparisons actually you can make between the Blossoms and Cooper's hair. Well, because um, they're two sides of the uh, maple syrup blood feud. <laughs> <laughs> the maple syrup blood feud. Yes. Uh, actual demon Penelope Blossom is evil on the level that Alice Cooper should aspire to. Oh my god, she just, like, yeah, actual lizard person Alice Cooper has nothing on her. No. Penelope Blossom, she hates Cheryl, mm. hates her. And the only character I can think of in any pop culture that even comes close to the level of Penelope Blossom is Glory in season five of Buffy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We made it maybe 20 minutes without a Buffy reference. But yeah, she reminds me of Glory because Glory is just like delightfully, derangedly evil. She does not give a fuck. She is by far the creepiest villain. Well, she's not the creepiest villain, okay. But she just like, she's evil and she knows it and she's just leaning into it. Very Penelope Blossom. It's very Penelope. So we have this idea she just takes delight in evil and she is a fucking she's an intense lady uh, yeah, yeah. um we also get uh dad blossom dad having blossom. a go at veronica so veronica it's a lot in another really sweet betty moment of absolute just gorgeous gorgeous kindness um she's like yeah i know cheryl just called us sad breakfast club and cheryl has just left after telling veronica you're invited but try not to steal any of the silver candlesticks because we're going to be checking people's bags as they leave i at this point i actually applauded <laughs> i was like oh my god do you practice these lines in front of she the mirror just, cheryl? she has no fucks <laughs> to give she's just she's on another level i love her i love it and then betty is like i know she's a cow but try to remember she's burying her brother which is yeah. very gracious very sweet this is like a moment of yeah. kindness and then veronica in a moment of 
ah, pure graciousness, yeah. runs after Sharon and is like, let's not be enemies anymore. Our mutually assured destruction will just destroy Riverdale High. Because they are both that powerful. Yeah. And they know it. <laughs> and they know it. Let's <laughs> be friends. And Cheryl invites her over for a sleepover. The, the night, night before, before the funeral. Um, this is a great time to mention the number of outfits that they go through in this episode. They both sleep in pearls. <laughs> Veronica has a special string of pearls that she wears with her pajamas. I don't know about you, but whenever I go over to a sleepover to my former enemy's house, I definitely wear A, my best pearls, uh, my best pumps, and I definitely have satin lingerie. I reckon we should do a Riverdale sleepover. And I think that we're going to get everyone we know who watches this show to get together for the last episode. And we're going to wear silk pajamas and pearls. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a fucking party. Yeah, we'll find it. one of those bars or something that has a TV and we'll watch. In our pajamas. In our pajamas. We're going to have to do this in whatever passes for summer in London. Oh, yeah, you know. shit. Otherwise like we'll die. We can do it. It'll be fine. We'll get inside. We'll bring blankets. But we'll have, like, one of those sleepovers. One of those. With our pearls and fluffy mules. And fluffy mules. Because, and... my God, the aesthetics. Oh, jeez. I mean, I've, the blossoms are 100% occult, and they're completely evil. Oh. But they're the worst. Holy shit. Do they understand their aesthetic? <laughs> they they go hard. Nana Blossom, so she doesn't talk until um, a, a bit later on. A bit later but on. she's this little old lady and she's got white hair except for this fucking curl of bright red right at the front. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's incredible. They go um, hard. Betty and Jughead at the funeral are doing some sleuthing because, <laughs> you know, why not? Um, I, Jughead actually uses the line the horror, the horror. If anybody was going to use that line, I knew it was going to be Jughead, and it was just I a matter of time. I love him. He also refers to the drop in temperature when they go into Jason's room as the icy chill of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> and this just, this is what was really cementing my love for him. But the thing that really, really secured it is that they're digging around in Jason's room, and Nana Blossom appears out of fucking nowhere. She's just in the corner, in the dark, in, in her, her wheelchair. wheelchair. <laughs> so clearly there's an elevator in the Blossom house, which... It's probably yes. like a, one of those ones with iron gates oh that my you God. have to handcrank. I would not be surprised. Where's that butler? They don't have any staff. We didn't see any Blossom staff. Maybe Smithers doubles up and works <laughs> for the Blossom staff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... That's how they know so much shit about the lodges. Smithers. Nana Blossom, though. At this point, Jughead screams and hides behind Betty. <laughs> He's wearing a suit and his little hat. Uh, and we have, we have the classic TV trope. Oh my God, they're in formal wear and suddenly they're hot moment. Where she checks him out. But it's reversed. It's so cute. Jughead comes into the bedroom and like his little suit pings his suspenders. And Betty is like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Betty also looks smoking in black. She does. I, I appreciate that she's wearing the same jacket that she wore for her B and E with B and B. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's great. Um, but they like fully check each other out, and it's really, it's really cute. cute. Um, I'm I'm here for it. But yeah, Jacket fucking hides behind her. Jacket and Nana Blossom thinks that Betty is Polly. <gasps> And we learn a lot about Polly. Here we go. 
the deepening look at the Polly and Jason relationship in these two episodes is one of my favourite things. It is Because it was the storyline that I have been like, <laughs> about for the last two episodes. <laughs> Pretty much. For the last, like, however many episodes has been. They were engaged. With a fucking fancy ring that Nana Rose gave them. Uh-huh. Blossom family ring. The Blossom parents don't know. And Nana Rose Nana thinks, Rose thinks they that they don't know. know. But we know that the Blossom parents forced Polly and Jason to break up. And we learn, according to actual lizard Dad Cooper. Yeah. Oh God, Dad he's, Cooper. He's also a lizard. I had such high hopes for him. Same. But it turns out he's a lizard. Although excellent family casting, good family resemblances. Yes. Going on in the Cooper really. Plan. Was very pleased with that. Um, there's a moment where he says, "We had to send Polly away because her, she tried to commit suicide." Jason broke up with her and she tried to commit suicide, suicide, so we've sent her away. We get a couple of bonding moments between Dad, Cooper, and Betty. Oh, they work on a car together, which is very <sighs> so sweet. So cute. <laughs> but then turns out he's also fucking evil, and he explains the maple syrup blood feud. Oh. <laughs> Big Maple, always yeah. watching. So, Big Maple runs the town. We don't know who's behind Big Maple, but we know that literally everything in this town comes <laughs> back to maple fucking syrup. I love it so much. The Blossoms and Coopers and the Montagues and Capulets of this town. And they I cannot be it. together. Starcross lovers, Jason and Polly, are forced to break up by their parents. <laughs> Dad Cooper won't let won't let the Blossoms hurt another member of his family because like cannot even Betty's great grandfather was killed apparently by his maple syrup partner, great granddad Blossom. It's a fucking business rivalry over maple syrup that goes back like four or five generations but it, i get the sense it's not just them because we briefly touched on it but as part of the funeral yes the people who are invited are suspects and they're all members founding members of the founding families of the riverdale. founding families of riverdale so and that includes hermione lodge it includes hermione lodge the kellers yes i mean kellers there because he's the sheriff but kevin is also there yeah, but that's because he's Kevin. invited. Kevin's there because he's the audience in this episode. <laughs> so, oh god, we need to talk Wait. about Kevin, but we're gonna have to save that. We'll, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save Kevin for later. Um, so we've got the maple syrup blood feud going on, and honestly, like, serious? What? What? What the fuck? What a fantastic way to have a feud between them. I thought it was just going to be that they thought that, you know, the Blossoms were like, ew, no, they're poor, we can't have them. But no. Oh my no, God. no, it is a generations long feud around maple syrup. I just, I mean, maple syrup is a big fucking deal in Riverdale. <laughs> I, I honestly and I love it <laughs> this is where this is where the show almost lost me because I was like of all the things that you're gonna have your blood feud about it's maple syrup because there's not even like a cool way of murdering someone that's related to maple syrup like if it's a sawmill you put the dude through the mill and it's like a big dramatic I, I kind of thought this through um, <laughs> do you drown someone in maple syrup you could definitely do that. How do you process maple syrup? Because I imagine you I can put know. it in like a processing vat. Maybe or you whatever. boil it. Because uh, uh, I'm just trying that to That explains of, like, Betty's reasoning for why she tried to boil the guy alive. <laughs> when she tried to boil what's his face. It's the maple syrup feud coming through. I just, I, like, how do you. Maple syrup murders, right? So, you know, there are so many like classic ways 
when you have a show like this and you have a drama like this, you have the tropes, obviously. And what we always find is that the first murder that starts it all is somehow related to the business. And, you know, they're having a fight in the factory and someone gets pushed into a fucking cotton mill or something. Right? Right. That's how it works. That's how it goes. So I'm assuming that Grandpa Blossom drowned Grandpa Cooper in, like, a vat of maple syrup. I really fucking hope so. Or, like... (laughs) Don't you use those tap things into the tree to get the syrup out? Maybe he stabbed him with a tree tap thing. <laughs> you know what? I know exactly what you mean, but I cannot think of the word for it. Yeah, it's like a little tap that you put in a tree. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. At us on, uh, yeah, I know exactly at us on Twitter. <laughs> we have a Twitter account now. It's called Team Peaks. You can at us. Um, Pepper's running it, so if you have any abuse to hurl at us, she'll take you. She can take you. She's small, but she's fierce. <laughs> and I pop on there occasionally and aggressively tweet about Ace Arrow Jughead because I wanted that to be a thing. And I'm actually at peace with it. Yeah? Yeah. I don't even... We're just... We're all over the place this episode. It's okay. We've got so many feelings. We have so many feelings. So we've got this maple syrup blood feud going on. Maple syrup blood I feud. I just don't understand it. I'm there. You know what? I don't get it, but I'm I think we're going to have to come back to this in Conspiracy Corner. Yes. So, what else have we got before we get to conspiracy? Do, 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 do. Among so... my among my notes, I've written that Betty has bisexual jawline, which is a reference to an old Toast Fem Slash Friday article about lesbian jawline, which is rest in peace the toast. Rest in peace the toast. Um, shall I explain lesbian jawline? It's really not relevant, but it's the idea that there are some women who have this like particular bone structure to their face that just makes them ping, and ping. Betty has bisexual jawline. It's kind of almost lesbian jawline, and it's great. And yeah. I'm here for it, and she's gorgeous. Here for it. Um, do, 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 do. So the Coopers are the fucking worst. Dad, really, my notes are all over the place for this. I'm sorry. Mine are vaguely here. Dad Cooper, like, so we spend most of the episode with Dad Cooper, and he seems like the reasonable parent. The reason we get this focus on Dad Cooper is because actual lizard person Alice Cooper is on a women's retreat. Um, for women in journalism <laughs> she's on a fucking spa retreat spa retreat which... she's peeled off her lizard skin <laughs> and is soaking gecko style in a bathtub I just she in 100% believe that she peels off her face at the end of every evening <laughs> like in the witches and yes. underneath she's scaly and green yes. and she's just you know replenishing her lizard stock it's why we only see her in daylight <laughs> yes 100% Otherwise, her skin gets too flaky. Uh, I'll say that for conspiracy corner, but I also don't believe that she was actually on a retreat. Oh no, I completely. She was probably off murdering somebody. She was probably murdering someone. Yeah. Um, So where's Ethel? She was murdering Ethel. (laughs) (laughs) Deader than a redhead in Riverdale. She was murdering Ethel. Hundred percent. Ethel's about to show up as a dead body. We haven't seen Ethel for a while. She's the only redhead that we haven't seen. It's happened. (laughs) Yes. I believe this with all of my heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's why we get the focus on Dad Cooper. He's yeah. allowed to talk once he's out of actual lizard personality. Cooper's but it turns out he's also an actual lizard. He's also an actual lizard. And they are the he's worst. Po- he's positioned as this reasonable figure. And then by the end of it, we get to the point where... By the end of episode six. Oh my, oh my God. God. He's as bad, if not worse. But wow. also he has no, like, he's totally weak. As bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very so, much a Lady Macbeth thing going on yeah. so let's talk about pregnant Polly 
<laughs> Polly is so fucking pregnant. Polly is so pregnant. And we had a bit of a digression where we were talking about... Like, how pregnant is how she? How pregnant is she? Because she's not showing on July the 4th, and we're not entirely certain at what time in the school year it is. So I reckon it's like September now. Early October. Early October, which means, and I'm just going to say this, Halloween episode. I firmly believe we are going to get a Riverdale Halloween episode. Fucking better. And it's going to be... It's going to be so good! Incredible. Think of the costumes. Uh, you know what I want for our Halloween episode? I want it to relate to absolutely nothing about the show's mythology right. or anything like that. I want a full-on Hammer horror film. Yes. Satire. Yes. Riverdale Halloween episode. We're getting a Halloween episode. Who's going to dress as what, though? I don't know, we'll talk about it later on in theory that we'll get onto this. We'll get okay. onto that. Okay. So Polly, like she can't be more than like five or six months pregnant. Yeah. Because we see a flashback to her in July the fourth. And she's is, not showing. She's not showing. And this is why she and Jason were apparently gonna run away because They were gonna meet by the old maple syrup sign. By the old maple syrup There's sign. There's an abandoned car <laughs> that's really badly hidden under like a tarpaulin and some leaves. <laughs> and Betty and Jughead find it. Jughead find it after a very tender moment ah uh, we'll talk about that we're gonna get onto that sorry we'll sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, they were gonna run away together because despite the fact that they are the Romeo and Juliet they were gonna overcome their families mm. they were gonna run away have a baby she says they were gonna run away to the farm Ooh. now we haven't had any mention of this farm before no the characters have skimmed over this Betty remembers the car but she doesn't think to look to where they were running away to yet to. Um, so, Super Precious Polly, I don't know how I feel about the idea of a Polly Jason baby thing. I feel like it's just doomed to fail. And it's the sense that we have these really idealistic children, again, who are rebelling against authority figures. And, you know, like, obviously the Coopers are the worst, but you kind of hope that if your daughter is a pregnant teenager, you're going to look after her and, you know, help her out with the boyfriend, but don't expect it to last forever kind of Mm -hmm. thing but you know they're the worst and Polly clearly has some kind of post-traumatic stress going on in this episode she gets really really panicky oh yeah it's bizarre because we spend these two episodes with dad Cooper telling Betty things like she's sick and she's not coming home until she's better and then she's sick turns into she's crazy and she's depressed and she's delusional and Betty and Jughead sleuthing leads them to find sleuthing can we talk about the fact that they actually use a search engine called sleuthster yeah (laughs) I was like nice they find Polly in this home for wayward girls run by the. it's a Magdalene laundry basically yeah and it's creepy as fuck it's like the Coopers actually managed to reach outside the time loop and place Polly in somewhere that like was 90s, designed 50s in Ireland. the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's creepy as fuck. But um, she's clearly very distressed. Yeah, And this she's... is where I feel like the show is kind of having its cake and eating it. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, Polly's crazy, but also Polly's a victim. But also, I mean, she can be both. Of course she can be both. Very much so. But they're kind of hedging their bets a little bit because, yeah. as Betty says, like, my parents are crazy but Polly's also acting really weird and you know I don't know what to believe and she's just very the, the only way I can feel like to describe it is when Betty and Jughead storm this creepy catholic 
nunnery. Um, <laughs> Jughead is made to stay behind, which I was he like... He has to stand outside. He has baby. to stand outside. Because you know you want Jughead in a crisis. Yeah. I feel like he could probably pick a lock and hotwire a car. <laughs> Servants taught him how to do that. Uh, and then they fight in, like, one of the most heavy-handed metaphors in a show of heavy-handed metaphors. Betty finds literal fallen woman Polly tending a garden. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, okay, Riverdale, you okay. do you. Okay, and it's roses as well, it's it, the it's, blossoms. It's the blossoms. The fucking blossoms. They are the core of the time loop. Oh, well, I, I buy the time loop. You, you let I'm not buying the time loop. I, re- time I reject loop. the time loop. So, so there's a lot going there on there, and uh, they talk about it, and she's like, "Oh, and I'm gonna go and leave with Jason, and it's like, this and this." See, and I, remember. See, I remember, and it's kind of creepy. It's manic. Yeah. is the only way I can describe it. Which is why I feel like she's probably suffering from some kind of post-traumatic stress. Yes. And to be honest, I would not blame her. I would not blame her because the place that she's staying is fucking grim. She. It's, let's be honest, it's a cell. Yeah. The room that Betty peers into is, is a, cell. a cell. Um, yeah. She's Alice, dragged- actual lizard person Alice Cooper shows up. She's slung on a crucifix for this yeah. scene. <laughs> Love that little She's detail. wearing like this massive fuck off cross <laughs> just because she needs to impress the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. So she's like, I pay a lot of money to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. You think they don't tell me when somebody pays a visit? And I'm also like, yeah, but did you like to sling on this cross before yes. you she drove. keeps it in the glove box of her car just in case 100 percent. it's uh, her emergency crucifix she's got one everywhere it's for when she faces off against actual demon penelope blossom she has to have one ready to hand oh that's true maybe she'll unscrew it and it's got like holy water in there yeah <gasps> definitely maybe if we don't get a holy water hand grenade at some point in this show i will be very disappointed <laughs> i am yes I believe in it. There's an there's an episode of Buffy where they get trapped in the magic box. You should see the facial expressions she's pulling at me right now. Trust me, it's a fucking hilarious scene. It's so good. It's a spike episode. That's why it's the best. I and they start my eye rolling. People. They start throwing bottles of holy water at the vamps to get rid of them, and it's the cutest thing. They're just literally like flinging bottles at them, and it's so good. So I reckon, uh, yeah. I, I think we're going to have a pen, actual demon Penelope Blossom and actual lizard person Alice Cooper are going to face off and she's going to like wave the crucifix at her like get back I can believe it I can believe I it I buy it maybe that's why the Blossoms have their own graveyard they have their own graveyard because, because it's they not can't. consecrated ground consecrated ground oh my god it's all falling into place they can't <laughs> yes. get to a church yes yes almost certainly <laughs> so Alice Cooper like Actual, sorry, actual lizard person Alice Cooper. Let's sorry. give her her full name. Her full name. Um, turns up. But Betty's been... Also, lies upon lies are piling up here. One, Betty... One, Polly, Polly doesn't know Jason's dead. Polly doesn't know Jason's dead, despite the Coopers telling Betty that... that she did, and that's what sent her into a relapse. Right. Um, and in the most... It's such a gorgeous piece of acting. I really appreciate these two actresses as sisters. One... They look really alike. And Again, excellent family casting going on here. Excellent family casting. And I really like the... Uh, and it's really drawn attention to, in fact, the yes. hair thing. Yes. Betty has her hair pulled back in a ponytail, and we are specifically drawn attention to this when she and Jughead go to Storm. Um, storm the hospital. Storm the hospital. Because she tight- tears in her eyes, she tightens her ponytail like she's heading into so battle. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, my oh, baby, baby girl. Baby um, Polly yeah. has her hair down. Right. She wears an Alice on. band. 
they've both got that innocent good girl thing going on Definitely. but with her hair down Polly is like very much coded as sort of the wilder more rebellious one right. less tight. loose woman loose loose in all sense <laughs> of the word yes I apologize um, to any Texans who are watching <laughs> okay um um Alice looks like she's crying in this scene when they drag Polly away. She is, but... That doesn't mean she's not an actual lizard person because uh, then later on, she is just the creepiest. We get this evil laugh and everything and it's just like, holy shit. Once Betty is separated from Polly after being forced to tell her that Jason is dead because the Cooper parents are the worst. Just didn't bother to tell her. Alice, actual lizard person Alice Cooper, swings open the room that Betty's been kept in without cell phone signal Mm. away from Jughead and I'm like okay that's keeping someone against their will but you do you creepy nuns she slams in is dragging Betty away and then they encounter Polly and Polly flips out Polly flips out which is fair enough which more than her due uh, you didn't tell me Jason was dead and you kept me in here and then actual as a person Alice Cooper pulls off the thing she's been pulling off for six episodes now which is it's for your own good right no it's not it's never for their own good it's always because she's a creep and Polly once again is dragged away by two men but not after Betty manages to reach across to her hug, hug her, her oh my god my heart absolutely desperately hugging her around the neck and says I love you and I'm getting you out of here and it's the sweetest moment because and Betty Cooper is the fucking kindest, most generous, gracious She's person. She's the goodest of eggs. Holding up in the face she of extreme gaslighting. And we have from her in parents. the background of this scene, Jughead's just there, like, the fuck is going on here? Jughead I has... thought my family was messed. <laughs> yeah. Jughead's like fighting orderlies so just Betty like... can get to Polly. And you know, all he wants to do is punch someone in the face yeah. and get knocked out because then he can be a tough guy hero. You, you know that's you what know. he's thinking. He's like, you know, he's just like spoiling for a fight. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I haven't had a good meal since breakfast two days ago, but I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> baby. Um, can we please talk about Betty and Jughead now? Because Let's I have talk been about waiting Betty for this. and Jughead. So after an extreme gaslighty conversation that happens between Betty and her parents in her bedroom, where they uh, once again Betty is locked away in her bedroom. Oh my god! Jughead appears at the window, climbs up a ladder, says, "Hey, Juliet. hey Juliet, is nurse off duty?" Which, firstly, my response was, "You fucking fucker! <laughs> Why would you make that joke?" Um, and then he says, "You haven't gone all yellow wallpaper on me yet," and which like, was like. Oh, oh, Yes, I'm here for this. Um, and then... Oh my god! Betty is so... She's like, my parents are crazy. Maybe Polly's crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know what's happening anymore. And he just grabs her by the shoulders and like, hey, you're fine. Everybody's crazy. But we're not our parents. And then he says, also... And there's this little crack in his voice. And he... He he can't carry on the sentence. And then they kiss... And then he just he just oh. he just swoops in, and it's so sweet. And she breaks off to be like, "Oh my god, the car!" And he has this moment of like, "That that's what you were thinking about." But it's so cute though because she pauses. She has this smile on her face, like, "Oh, yeah, I'm ready for this." And yeah. then it's like, <gasps> "The car!" Yeah, and he's just like, "You what?" That's what you're thinking about in our moment, but said in a way where he's like, "That's yeah, that's, that's my, my girl. girl. That's my girl." But um. I'm really here for Bughead. I didn't expect to be because I was like, 
Yeah. So, so Jughead, in at least this iteration of the comics, is asexual. He's very... He's ace and arrow and as arrow, well. Yeah. So it's interesting that the showrunners have decided to go away from this. Um, there's been a lot of... In- like, Cole Sprouse has done a load of interviews where he said, like... very articulate about this. My baby. I know. <laughs> uh, where he's been like, I wanted it, but also I think it works. Like, you have to trust the writers. They know what they're doing. And, you know. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be okay. It it does work because Archie, as we have discussed, is, is a, the worst. The worst as a friend. And I'm still angry with him for his episode one, You're Too Perfect for Me, because way to play in into all her insecurities, oh Archibald. Um, yeah. And she and Jughead make. They make a really good pairing. They're a I mean, good pairing. as we all know, the three questions you should be asking is does he love you does he love you will he hold your tiny face in his hands and he does he's three for three on this three three for three um so you know he just like gently holds her face and it's really cute like if you do nothing else please go and look up that clip because it is shot just so sweet shot in a really female gazy way as well you have like the close-up on him cradling her face in his hands with his long fingered hands just like sort of gently stroking her you were making fun of me for my dramatic shift in affection (laughs) like i have archie who like i am fucking all about jughead now and He's great. I'm there with you, but as I said, I keep my lust mostly internal. <laughs> I mean, I'm just very happy to talk about it all the time because I have a crush on like a good 80% of the cast of this show. Oh yeah. And e- that's fine. Even the parents I'm there I've for. Ma- I'm not so into any of the parents, I have to say, but I've made my peace with it. Teen Heartthrob Dad Perry. Former Teen Heartthrob Dad Perry do- has some really sweet, awkward dad moments in this epi- in these two episodes, but I just don't like, I just not, I'm not, not that into it. I am very much here for Jughead. So, yeah, Bughead, I'm like, I, I, but the thing is, it doesn't mean that he's not going to yeah, later on. It, right. It's not cutting off the exploration at all. Exactly. And he may, he may still be, like, there's, there are ways that his character could still be read as ace. Mm-hmm. It's just he has, he's uh, hetero-romantic. Yeah. That's fine. That, that works. Yeah, oh, that's basically where I put it. And they're, like, so they're so cute, cute when they're doing their investigating. They go and find the car. And they take photos and, okay, so <laughs> we need to talk about drugs. Because <laughs> everyone in this show talks about drugs, drugs with a capital D. No one ever specifies what? No, no, no. Episode, so we are primed to find drugs in the car. Right. Because episode five, Betty goes on a date and we get a cute little jealous jughead moment. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Literally just called it a date. Oh my god. Ah, <laughs> oh, baby. And she's like, no, 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 it's an investigation. And he has this awkward little, like, slightly jealous, but also, that's my girl, little smirk on his, his face. face. Oh my god. So cute. I cannot go on about how cute just... they are much more. Oh. They're really, they're, where I fall is, they're adorable and they're a really cute first relationship. Right. Yes. They're good for each other. So I have, yeah, so if we're gonna, okay, we're coming back to... We're coming back to my Buffy parallels here. I'm sorry. It is all I have. I talked in our last episode about how Archie is kind of the Xander to Betty's Willow in that she's got to like work through her feelings towards him. The yellow crayon. The yellow crayon theory. You remembered. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily great and they're not necessarily good for each other. Jughead is like the Oz of this show in that he is on this different level maturity wise. Like 
Oz is one of the best characters in Buffy because he just has so much sarcasm and he's so <laughs> snarky and but he's also like a really kind and sweet person and he's fantastic and he has like great and genuine love for Willow and they're not end goals because right. they're not perfect for each other but they are a really beautiful learning relationship and it's that really nice first steps towards feelings and like Jughead has that sort of slightly different slightly distant from the group but like really caring really considerate sassy as fuck but (laughs) so good and you also get the feeling that like his internal monologue is exactly the same as his external monologue he's i sincerely hope it is nothing like his narration oh no 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 that that is what it is that is just who he is he has no levels he's just straightforward extra fear it stays with us (laughs) I cannot the monsters grow up too. Oh my god. I cannot tell you how much I have to pause the beginning of every single episode because I'm like, I'm not prepared for the level of extra that Jughead is putting out. I love it. I love it so much. But yes, I it's exactly my vibe. I'm really, really very, very much a fan of it, I have to say. I appreciate your theory about the the Oz. It's a it's a learning relationship. It's a learning relationship. They're not perfect for each other. But, but they're just right now. It's I like sweet. it. It's sweet. It's sweet. I'm here. I, I like it a lot. Like and they'll it. grow up and they'll okay. grow their separate ways. And uh, Betty will date women. This is the core of this theory. Betty needs to date women because yeah. she's clearly got some things to work through there. It's okay. It's cool. Betty and Veronica will uh, end up together. Yes. Veronica just has to, you know, play the field a little bit. Yeah. We need, to, we need to find a Tara for Betty because she deserves someone who absolutely adores her. Cheryl can be that Tara. Oh no. See, you don't understand because you've never watched Buffy just no. how different those characters are. But uh, no. We'll find we'll find a Tyra for Betty and it'll be great. Cool, um, cool, cool. Let's right. get back to Riverdale. <laughs> back to the drugs. So, so yeah. Episode five. Um Betty goes on a not date with Trev. Trev. Who has appeared. He's he's Valerie's brother. Is he? No. Is it Valerie or Melody? He's one of the brother of a pussycat. He's the brother of a pussycat. That's Um, And she goes on a fact-finding date. And he's like, yeah, I used to be friends with Jason. And then he got really weird around about the time he started dating Polly. Which, the timelines don't really match up. Right, I don't understand the timelines. I also don't understand how old anyone is. I feel like, at this point in time, we're going to have to go with... Cheryl is... Cheryl and Jason are older by one school year. Right, but they're all in the same biology class. But, okay, I don't know if you've noticed, dear listeners, but we're not American. Yeah, um, (laughs) surprise! (laughs) If you're American, write in and tell us how wrong we are. I had this explained to me. Oh, did you? Okay, go. I got people to explain this to me. Basically, um, you can effectively sort of defer taking these classes... Right. So that's why biology... So she's in, like, year 11 biology when she should be in year 12 biology or something. Right, because she's just not taken it beforehand. But also, apparently there's a lot of class mixing because you choose to take these... Things in different years. Right, yeah. So, Americans. um, In England, (laughs) you don't... You don't do that. Mix. Like, I grew up never having a single class. Like, say I'm... Say I'm Riverdale, kids' yeah. age. We're 15, 16. Mm. 
we're coming towards the end of secondary school at this yeah. point you are in year 10 or 11 and you stay with in your year 10 year. and 11 and you take the three sciences simultaneously it's yeah, yeah, not yeah. like you do biology one year and chemistry the next which seems to be what goes on in america americans <laughs> the maths of america <laughs> at us and tell us how wrong we are but yeah i don't understand it at all so my working theory now is that they are at least one school year older even if they might have been right. born in the same year okay but polly at least seems older than betty yeah obviously but not by a huge but amount. not by a huge amount so that would kind of make sense so that kind of also sense. i mean i guess there's always the skipping years thing that goes on there that's true which doesn't happen in the uk that's true um so maybe maybe they've been I mean, Archie's definitely not skipped a year. Archie is. Let's be honest. <laughs> Jesus fuck. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Archie was 20 <laughs> because he's just not, never finished high school because he's just dealing with all of his angst. <laughs> <laughs> this happens every year. He can't choose between he just, two he, And he just ends up like failing out of everything. That would make perfect sense. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that was a fun so digression. That was, that was a great digression. Between schooling. Um, but yes, so Trav explains that Jason started acting weird around about the time he was dating Polly. Um, started selling drugs. Drugs with a capital D. Drugs with a capital D. No one ever specifies what these drugs are. No, they're just and drugs. And when Betty and Jughead find them in the boot of the car, Jughead fucking picks them up barehanded, which, bro, bro, I thought you were smarter than this. You're really letting me down. This is Betty in the, uh, <laughs> picking up and taking the gun. Yeah, all, all over, over again, again. All over again. So they find drugs and it's just a mystery brick like i can't even fucking work out what <laughs> no, it is i have paused and tried to take screenshots but it is just literally a brick of like this dark it's mass. wrapped in like dark plastic right but you know frankly it's not like a brick of cocaine or anything like that because well, there's just, just a, no way of knowing there's like six of them in there and they're huge like either it's several thousand dollars worth of you know hard drugs or it's maybe a bit of weed <laughs> we just and don't know jason is just terrible <laughs> it's really hard to tell it's what's so going on here i don't um, understand my first thought i'm gonna be honest my first thought when they pulled it out of the car was that it looked like a brick of puerti i'm sorry <laughs> i i honestly thought it was like one of those blocks of tea um yeah i have nothing to say in my defense other than i'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm a dork. Okay, I'm sorry. Should we move on? I'm really embarrassed now. <laughs> My favourite theory regarding Jason, and I started this one, I just went off on it. I'm like, I truly believe this now. Um, so many parallels have been drawn between Jason and Archie in many, many creepy ways. Um, but so many parallels have been drawn between these two redheads that I just want, I want Jason to be Archie levels of clueless. Yes. Like, <laughs> the reason it's so badly hidden is because he didn't have Polly there to explain how to hide, how to hide properly. Drug. So, yeah, Polly is the criminal mastermind. <laughs> Polly... They faked this engagement to steal the ring. She's not even pregnant. It's a fucking pillow. Because I have to say, it's the fakest pregnancy belly I've ever seen. It's really low and really, really spherical. They did it for the reveal because later on in the hallway, it's like further up. Yeah, but still, it, it looks fake better. As fuck. It's fake as fuck. But they did that so that we wouldn't be like she pregnant immediately. Except we, we know at anyway. the same time. Anyway, anyway, yeah, no. Um, so I love this theory. Jason's got no fucking clue. 
Jason's just Polly's a criminal mastermind. Yeah. She's like Polly Polly's actually in her thirties and she's just been held back several years of high school because, you know, who knows? Um <laughs> that explains the age gap. Polly Polly's actually like ten years older. <laughs> I don't know, she's gonna be like Betty's aunt or something. There's gonna be some fucking weird age dynamic going on there. Betty's a secret child. Oh my god, Betty's a secret child! It all makes sense! Yes! <laughs> Jason's just got no fucking clue. Jason has no idea. Jason oh. Jason has these bricks of drugs and he doesn't know what they are and he's selling them to people and actually he's selling like paracetamol for $10 a pop. Yeah, yeah. Because Polly, Polly doesn't trust him. She's running the show. <laughs> She's like, I'm not going to give this kid real drugs because he's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know all about this, right? Currently, Jade Louisa has two phones and um, yeah, they're more than one person has pointed out that it makes her look like a drug dealer. <laughs> you are Polly. Ah! No, that's not a compliment. I was Betty last... Stop doing this to me! <laughs> You're the criminal mastermind behind Riverdale. Yes! Um, Big Maple is me. Oh my, oh my god. Polly's working for Big Maple. <laughs> she needed to take away the blossom Oh air. my god, it's not drugs, it's like molasses sugar. <laughs> In brick form. That's what drugs are. We've sold everything. Everyone in Riverdale is diabetic and dependent dependent on the maple syrup industry. <laughs> Big Maple is in fact Polly. Yes. Are we ready for Conspiracy Corner? Because I feel like we're kind of out of everything else and we're just, we've reached the point of hysteria. Nothing except really... Josie is a babe. Josie's a babe, and I really appreciate her. I guess... I kind of understand why post... Oh, we haven't talked about Cheryl's entrance into the funeral. Oh my god. How could we not How could we not have discussed... So if we're talking about people being extra, A, Josie is like, you perform everything like it's Carnegie Hall. (laughs) Josie is intense. Josie is so intense. But, but she's also, got stage school parents, yeah. so I forgive her. Cheryl. Cheryl? Oh my god, Cheryl. Oh my god. So Veronica and Cheryl really bond. Veronica is like just turning all the girls in uh, these episodes. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's yeah, around she with her is. magic lesbian powers, like bam. Yellow bam. roses of true lesbian love. Just giving them to all the girls. Um, she really, she encourages Cheryl in spite of um, actual demon person Penelope Blossom. To be like, you give that eulogy because you are the only person in this town who actually really cares about Jason. Right. Which, if I can digress for a second, I really appreciate because I had no sense of Jason as a person. No. But now I feel like I kind of do. I mean, do. Jason is that classic cardboard cutout. Dead body. Sports person. Hot dead body. He was really handsome. Shame he's dead. <laughs> Shame he's dead. Like, he plays water polo and football and, you know, yeah. he's just kind of a bit... There. Boring. Um, um, his but, purpose is to look hot. And also to be Polly's pawn. Right. Yes. <laughs> He's Polly's mule. That's all he does. Um, <laughs> and so, so she's going to give the eulogy. She's wearing black. And she looks gorgeous. She's got another birdcage veil. Ugh. So good. And Veronica's like, are you ready to go downstairs? And she says, I'll be one minute. Everyone goes downstairs, everyone's sitting down, Veronica says something trite about how, like, it really makes you appreciate life when you're not dead at a funeral. (laughs) And you're like, there's nothing like being not dead to remind you how good life is. Whoa! Whoa. (laughs) Wisdom. How lucky we are to be alive right now. 
Look around, look around. Um, and down comes Cheryl. Cheryl is wearing oh the God. same white dress, glove, and birdcage veil outfit that, that she, she wore. wore on the 4th of July. And I have never appreciated this show more. I got goosebumps, and I have goosebumps now mm-hmm. talking about it, because in the background, Quietly is playing a like very slowed-down, breathy version of Shout Shout let it all out and it's amazing Amazing, and she's just she just walks in slow motion Kevin turns around and goes yes <laughs> and Kevin if ha- I like all that's missing is his popcorn because honestly Kevin is me right now <laughs> Kevin was all of us in that moment and everyone has like fucking goosebumps watching everyone's this. like holy shit she went there <laughs> she did it she then proceeds to get up on a stand there and go if everybody can take their seats like she's not fucking just walked out like yes hi hello i'm here <laughs> yeah um oh my god it was incredible it was like incredible. i i'm not joking when i say i have goosebumps right now because it was honestly one of the best bits <sighs> of just fucking other level television that i've seen like this is riverdale (laughs) this This is riverdale this This is the essence of riverdale in this 30 second clip and then just to hammer the point home she's like i was wearing this dress the day i rode jason across the river and you're like to his death we know cheryl (laughs) we know honey honey we know (laughs) believe me we We know. know um and there's this bizarre like she gives a little speech and it's really sweet and then and she like desperately cries over JJ's oh, coffin so and many Veronica feelings. gets up and hugs Veronica her comforts her because Veronica is a babe but also a little bit on the prowl <laughs> I just I mean I, I, this is the problem that I this is the thing that I have with Veronica is that like she has just so much chemistry <laughs> with literally everyone that every scene you're watching it's like oh she's she's being so kind but Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of an issue that I'm having here. Oh man, this show. Yeah, and then she does the same with Josie. Josie's dad is a shit. Josie's dad is such a fucking He's shit. Su- the only time I liked him was during uh, a really, really awkward dinner party. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, where he's like, uh, and she's like, I didn't know Josie was short for Josephine, and then it's like, okay, well, you've grown up with this girl. Um, and also, like, the fuck else is Josie gonna be short for? <laughs> you. Idiot. You actual imbecile. <laughs> Bro. Come on, honey. <laughs> Come on, Archikins. And Jesse's shitbag, dirtbag, jazz, fedora-wearing bro. He's such a jazz wanker. He is such a jazz wanker. I just can't even. He's like, yes, for Josephine Baker, and you have no idea who that is. Like, I mean, you're, like, you're correct, but you're, you're not wrong. Asshole. But also, like, this is the kid who also has to Google who Yoko Ono is because he Yoko Ono the Pussycats and he doesn't know what that means. Um, <laughs> and his dad says, you know, even if you bomb like Electric Dylan at a folk concert, and Archie's like, what you're talking about and it's like bro you literally make sad white man music and you don't know what you're what who do we think Archie's influences who does Archie are? listen to Ed Sheeran oh god Jason Mraz Mumford and Sons oh at Twin Peaks if you have any other at us send us her. send us your Archie inspiration playlist we want to know <laughs> we want to know what Archie's listening to and we know it's going to be bad we're going to compile the world's worst playlist oh of Archie's influences <laughs> And we'll share it with you all. And you are just desperate for this. It's going to be amazing. I um, know you want Swift. it. He's probably done a cover of Teardrops on my guitar. Oh, Jesus fuck. Of course he has. The thing is, KJ Apper is like a really good singer. KJ Apper is genuinely quite musically talented. But I, I just... now follow him on Instagram. And he so posted I... something yesterday where he was just kind of 
noodling around with an electric guitar and it was damn good. Also, I really like his New Zealand accent. It's very cute. Are we ready for conspiracies yet? We're ready for conspiracies. We're ready for conspiracies. uh, You know, we tried here, people. We we had chapter headings, but we just just, jumped all over the place. It's just, yeah. We got the key points out. Welcome to our brains. Conspiracy corner. Blossom cult? Blossom cult. Like, I don't, so I don't know how much it is to do with Big Maple. Right. Um, everything comes back to Big Maple. Everything comes back to Big Maple. But I imagine that they are part of definitely some weird cult nonsense. Mm -hmm. And, um... There's totally, like, a Freemason basement under that fucking house of theirs. Oh, good God, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we go up to the attic at some point and find that Polly hid out there during her great escape. Oh my God, yeah. Definitely. So Polly is on the run. Polly's on the run. Where's she going to? I don't know. And was it Polly who torched the car at the end of episode six? Ooh. I like it. She's covering the evidence of her drugs. Um, I reckon Polly torched the car. I could see it, but I'd have trouble believing I mean, timelines mean nothing in Riverdale. Time is, time time is meaningless. Uh, time is meaningless in Riverdale, but um, somebody's watching Jughead and Betty. Right. And I don't think between Polly apparently jumping out of the window oh my God. at the end of the episode was, did she jump or was she kidnapped oh I think she jumped yeah okay me too I'd be amused if she was kidnapped amused <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if she was kidnapped I think that would just be really funny <laughs> I would though um, yeah, no let's be real let's, let's be real I would find it hilarious somebody just kidnapped her if she's kidnapped, it's because somebody is trying to extract the uh, blossom genetics from her. Yes. Yes. A blossom family member needs to be sacrificed to Big Maple. It's going to be babies. Is she pregnant with twins, though? She is 100% pregnant with twins. Okay, good. Um, I'm glad we agree on that. Uh, she someone made a joke about, like, is Archie, like, a lost blossom triplet? which yes <laughs> but also no yes. I am just once again beyond keen for former teen heartthrob mum Ringwald to show up Ah, because what if she is I reckon she's going to be like sisters with Penelope Blossom yes she's also a redhead yes. they're all related unless because I haven't seen any set pictures with her I have a I have a weird code when it comes to television shows. Right. I'll explain this to you. Please do. So, next episode spoilers. They're fair game. Yeah. But I will not deliberately seek out end of season big dramatic okay, storylines. Okay, because I read an end of season big dramatic okay. storyline spoiler and I'm not going to mention it. Good. But, um, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise I lose interest. Okay, fair enough. So we watched the trailer for episode seven, and it's going to be a Jughead episode. Do you think it's the fact that he touched the drugs that means that he's dragged into the police? Oh, I don't know. I think he's maybe been set up. It's going to be about daddy issues. Oh, God. Um, I hope somebody finally realises he's homeless. Right. This is, I just, like, we did a watch-along thing with a couple of our friends. We rabbited these two episodes mm-hmm. with some friends of ours, and I spent literally the whole time just being like, has anyone noticed Jughead ho- is homeless yet? Like, Did you catch at the beginning of episode six that he's in the blue and gold offices? Yes. That's where he's typing and stuff. Yes. So I wonder if he's sleeping underneath her. What, he's living in the school? Yeah. Oh, baby. Is he access to the showers? That's true. 
I just, I mean, he's, he deserves so much better. Here you go. We need two more items to add to our Riverdale wish list. Someone realizes Juggy's homeless. Absolutely. Number five. Somebody so, rescues Jughead from homelessness. Are we going to go over our list and figure out what we've got that was correct? I don't remember what the fourth thing was. Um, we wanted justice for Grundy. That hasn't that happened and isn't going to happen. happen. We wanted Cheryl to be nicer. Which, which has, has happened. happened. We wanted the kids to ride bicycles. <laughs> Which is just not going to happen, and I don't know why I was so caught up on this, but I was listening back to some of us from last time, and it's like, I don't know why I was so fixated on the fucking push bikes, <laughs> but I was. But um, I was. I'm going to blame the cough syrup for that one. And then what was our fourth? I have zero recollection. I think it might have been someone realizes Jughead is homeless. Ooh, maybe it was. Maybe that was already on our wish list. Well, it's on, our, it's on there twice now. <laughs> this is how serious we are about it. Seriously, seriously, guys. Like, my baby. Your baby. He's just. He, I, he needs someone. He needs someone to look after him, and I love him so much. My theory is based solely on the trailer and like the fight that's apparently going to go down between former Team Heartthrob Dad Perry and Thughead. And Thughead um, is that he moves into the Andrews house. Oh. Which it could be all for because it's also a neat way to bring Archie into the murder part. Right, because Archie's just on a different show right now. Archie's in High School Musical and everybody else is in Hitchcock. Right. Um, Halloween costumes. Halloween costumes? Who would everyone dress as for Halloween? Betty's going to go with something like quite wholesome. Like... I can see her as like Little Red Riding Hood but with an axe. Right. Oh god, that was an accidental Buffy reference. I'm so sorry. I know, I'm sorry. Um, Look, we literally have Archie hallucinating the football werewolves. players as werewolves, and I have not made a Teen Wolf reference and once. <laughs> you know that's because I will just actually tear you to pieces if you do. That's true. Um, I'd also like to correct the record here and say that Alice mistakenly put up as part of the uh, little notes that I watch Teen Wolf. I no longer watch Teen Wolf because Dylan O'Brien has left. Oh, I am I'm a so sorry. Former watcher of Teen Wolf. Right. I don't know. I can. I can get behind. Like, I reckon Betty will go as like a strong female character. She could be Betty Boop. I. Oh no. <laughs> no no no. She's too blonde for that. I can see her as doing like a you know like Little Red Riding Hood but with a weapon kind of thing or or like. I just honestly, I just want to see. Maybe her. she'll lean into the blonde film star thing. Yes, Tippi Hendren. <gasps> yes, in the birds. Yes, yes. Ooh, okay. I like. I like that. Who's Veronica gonna go? Veronica is gonna go with some fucking. Oh my god! What's the name? In Rebecca. <gasps> Mr. Winter. Yes. The first or second, Mrs. De Winter. Second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first. Mm, I reckon we might she might like she did make that joke about how she was breakfast at Tiffany's and everyone else was <gasps> in cold blood I reckon we might get Audrey Hepburn oh my god yes I could I could go for that she's got the pearls and I'm the eyebrows so into it I would be very into it um Jughead's gonna go as a fucking literary reference that no one else gets Jughead may just throw on like a giant trench coat and carry around a spyglass <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that's where he is already. That is where he is already. Archie's Lower gonna head. go with something 
incredibly basic. Archie is the most basic bitch ever Archie to walk this planet. Archie might actually go as the titular team morph. No, I can see Archie doing something like, you know... Scarecrow. Like, just a really, really shit, like, fucking... He'll just chuck some blood on a white t-shirt exactly. and call it a day. Exactly, exactly. Or, like... Strategically rip it. You know that classic um, teen drama trope where, like, one of the guys goes as, like, a fucking Roman soldier or something? Just so they can get their legs out. <laughs> and he'll go as, like, a fucking gladiator. Oh, come on. That's Reggie. Oh, no, that is Reggie. Or maybe they can show up in the same costume and we can have a bitch off over who's... Who, who looks best? Hashtag Team Reggie. Team Reggie forever. Um, I saw a future episode still of uh, yeah. Ronnie and Reggie getting it on in a little like no! having a little dance, and I'm here for it. Oh my god! No way! They look like they're getting on pretty well. <gasps> getting down. I'm I'm up for it. I think that would be sweet. I reckon I reckon he could hold his own against her. Oh my god! I'm so into it. Yeah. My big thing that I've been pushing for a couple of weeks that nobody's really taken me up on and I'm sad about it um, is I've been pushing Reggie Betty. Reggie Betty? I don't yeah. know why. Oh, so oh no no no, no 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 no! Apparently in the comics, they, they go on they a date. Go on a date. And then I told you about this. Did you? Oh yeah. I feel like it's me that told you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is you that told me about this. <laughs> to their roles as yeah. Archie's foil and Archie's girl next door. Right. Which is yeah. sad. Hmm. I can see... But I, in this show world, I'm, in I'm into it. To Betty. I'm into, into Betty. Betty. <laughs> I'm into Betty and Veronica. I'm just, I'm really into Betty. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can see Betty as doing something like a little wholesome but with a bit of a twist. Twist? Like, you know, either but she'll shorten the skirt or she'll have a fucking axe with her or something. Like, I'm, I'm, I reckon that's good. Stra- I, maybe she'll have like knife thigh holsters yes which i would be into i i'm like i don't i'm feeling all kinds of things right now and yes um no i reckon we're gonna see more dark betty uh yes. dark betty cheryl i mean cheryl would just go as herself cheryl would go as a vampire cheryl oh no cheryl would just go as herself for halloween she's or a sexy kind of witch sex oh yeah cheryl's a sexy witch for sure for sure. For sure. I reckon Veronica could rock a vampire. Veronica could rock a vampire. But I reckon we'd see her as doing the breakfast at Tiffany's kind of thing. Very Jughead, so. though. What would Jughead do? I don't Jughead know. would do this whole, like, uh, I'm not going as anyone, and then wear, like, I don't know. Maybe he'll wear it at one of those stupid t-shirts that says, this is my Halloween costume. Right. As a exactly. protest. I'm... Please don't kill me one of the Buffy Halloween episodes Oz literally just wears a thing saying hello my name is God <laughs> that's funny that is funny that's cute it is incredible um, Seth Green baby 90s Seth Green is my favourite thing uh, and he wears the little like hello my name is God and it's perfect because Willow goes as Joan of Arc and it's like lol the best lol um, I like it so I can totally see Jughead doing that kind of thing I don't know I mean, it to depends, be fair. It depends on what level of influence Betty has at this point. I can definitely see Betty being like, babe. Except she wouldn't call people babe. Mm. Come on. It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I say this with great love and affection because I am someone who once went to a party as the Arnett Thompson classification system for fairy tales. <sighs> babe, I love you, but you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I think we might be done here. <laughs> 
send us your theories. We want you for Conspiracy Corner. We didn't really get didn't too conspiracy. Too much conspiracy theory this time because, I mean, honestly, there's nowhere for this show left to go. I mean, at the point where they hit Maple Syrup Blood Feud, there's nothing else we could possibly... We cannot top that. No. We just, we've got the blood feud and it's happening and this is, this is where we live now. This is who we are. This is who we are. We live in Riverdale. It is our lives. This has been Teen Peaks. We'll see you in two weeks. If we can be organized enough to record an episode, we will see you when we see you. It has been... It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been real. (laughs) As with the show. It's been a wild ride. We love you. And good night. night.